Good morning and God bless you. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson. I pray that you had an incredible, incredible weekend. Happy Monday to you. Glad to be back with you this Monday. I promised, as I promised, uh, we're going to go into part two of my conversation uh, with my wife, Taya. Uh, we sat down and we talked for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And so I couldn't get it all on last week. That's why it seemed like at the end, it just cut out because there was so much information that I had to come back with a second episode based upon the same conversation. And so um, after a few messages from our sponsor, we will get right into this conversation with Prophet Taya Wilson, my wife on spiritual maturity. God bless you. I pray that you enjoy uh, the podcast. Those of you that are still thinking and praying about contributing, please do. It's the end of the year. Things are wrapping up. We're trying to get our next year's roster and calendar ready. Uh, please continue to contribute. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you. God bless. After these messages, we'll be right back. So as, 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 as we're growing, as we're learning how to grow, as we're focusing on spiritual growth, spiritual growth, we said, starts on the inside. Mm -hmm. It starts with this seek, soak, immerse, mm -hmm. allow time, yes. time to allow God to shape people who have busy full lives mm -hmm. and sometimes we're doing things for god but we're not doing things with god oh yeah and 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 we'll say oh yeah well god god led me to do this and so i'm supposed to do this for him and but god is not you're not doing it with him you're not walking with him in the thing that you say god has called you to do right you're shaking him on it right and because of that <laughs> people will start out in the spirit and end up in the flesh. Mm -hmm. They'll start out with God guiding and leading, and they'll end up with them taking control of the thing that God gave them, and then it becomes overwhelming, and then they look at God and say, well, man, Lord, you're putting so much on me, I can't do all the other things that I have, and God is saying, no, you X me out of it, so you don't even have the grace. Mm -hmm. You don't have my empowerment. You don't have my spirit showing you how to navigate your life because we like to compartmentalize everything. Mm -hmm. Ministry's over here, marriage is over here, mm -hmm. work is over here, play is over here, and God wants to be a part of he he wants to be a part of everything in your life. Right. And so how do we keep from putting God out of areas? There are people that put they put God out of their bedroom. They put yeah. God out of their finances. They put God out of their fun. And so when you see them spending their money, there, there, there's no influence of God in it. When you see them having fun, you're like, there's no influence of God in that. Mm -hmm. when, when you see them even, you know, trying to be romantic or get into relationships, whether they're married already or they're trying to date somebody, God is like separated from certain things in our life because we compartmentalize things and God is supposed to be at church when we go to church or God is only supposed to be there when we pray or read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so he's not a part of our whole life. And I feel like spiritual growth has to do with allowing God 
to be a part of your entire life so that what your life is really not your own. Like we sing that song, but I, I don't think we believe it. I think, because as you were saying it, um, two examples of me, to me are Saul and David. And they're extremes uh, because you see where, where God chose Saul mm -hmm. to be king for the people. And he chose David. And he chose David mm -hmm. to be king for the people. But you see where Saul just took it upon himself to quench um, this decision-making and the direction that, that God had for him to take. And, but yet he still wanted God to be present. Yes. Saul <laughs> constantly sought for God to be present to the point of where he's consult mediums to pull up Samuel right. to tell me what God is going to say and not accepting that because you decided to do your own thing when God was speaking that got you couldn't accept God not to speak anymore to you. Um, so I, I, I look at that and I feel like that's a person who doesn't allow God access in regards to um, spiritual growth. That's a person who says, well, God put me in this position. I accepted this and all. And so then at some point in his life, he stopped consulting God and began to actually do him and then say god bless it which is totally different than seeking permission and and uh advice from god and then going to do it and allowing god to bless it right and so because of that he experienced worries and 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 depression and and mood swing and all that stuff and no he wasn't perfect and so that's one example but then i look at david mm-hmm who David, same thing, God chose him to be there. And he gets the title, God, because God said this, a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because he allowed God access to mistakes, right. to messes, right. to mishaps, uh, in a, such a way that even being persecuted, you're still God. I'm not searching for the blessing. I'm desiring the blessing because I don't want to be in this situation, but you're still God nonetheless. And so you see two different Well, David's reaction. David's reaction to God's correction, right? Mm -hmm. When God corrected Saul, he's like, hold on. No, I did what you said. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, don't. You Justification. Know, you know, let me yes. justify. Let me blame somebody, right? Mm -hmm. blame the people made me do that. When David was corrected and Nathan comes to him and, and tells him the parable and he says, thou art the man, David falls to the ground. He tears his clothes. He weeps before God. He says, man, I messed up. Right. Um, he takes his punishment and he serves God with his whole heart. With his whole heart. You know, Psalms 51 have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your multitude of your tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions, because against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. And, you know, he goes into Psalms 51 and he repents so thoroughly. You never really see Saul repent. And you say, well, what does that have to do with God being a part of your total life? God is a part of David's successes and his failures. His failures, yes. You know, where Saul only wanted God For to success. be a part of to be for there assistance. for his success. Yes. And I think that's what people are doing. Mm -hmm. They want God to be there for their success. Not for spiritual not growth. Not for spiritual growth mm -hmm. and relationship. When, when, when I want to just live 
how I want, how I want apart from God and just God, just come alongside me and bless what I'm doing. Because I had this conversation with, you know, you know, a young man. And I said, you know what? There's a whole lot of things that you can will to come to pass. You can make come to pass. He said, what? I said, yeah. There's a whole lot of people that are willing their own success. They're going in, they're putting in the hours, they're working hard, they're neglecting other things, they're putting other stuff, and they're getting the stuff that they want out of this temporary life, and they're getting it now mm -hmm. because they focus on it. And then there's people that are going after God, and they're going after him, and they're getting him. And that means to get him, you may have to give up some of the things oh, that you want to go get. Give it up. And so that's where the fight is, is there's a fight for your will. And that will, the, the whole point of the fighting for your will is that one person is, is going after relationship with God and everything that they do and have will come out of that relationship with God. Joshua. Mm -hmm. Joshua's entire reign as the leader of the Israelites was about him seeking after God and God gave him a mission and a mandate. And in that mission and the mandate, the Bible says that Joshua, his fame was known right. throughout the land, not because Joshua was trying to be famous, mm -hmm. but because God made him famous because of the things that God was doing through him. Right. But then you have other people that are trying to become famous and they want God to bless and they say, well, God, I'll give you credit. If you make me famous, that's right. Jo Joshua was not saying, make me famous and I'll give you credit. God was saying, I'll make you famous and people will know you. Joshua was saying, I just want to serve you. I think people, we, we, what we have to understand is, and going back to Saul and to David, and you said something that triggered is that uh, Saul was concerned about the people. And David, what they thought. And, and what they thought. <laughs> um, David was not. Right. We mistake concern for care. Um, David was concerned about God, and it allowed him to, to care, care for, for the, the people. people. Good, that's that's good. And and so we have to understand that um, when you flip it, it allows for for greed and uh, pride, and all the other things that are out there to come into place. Another example I think about is Adam. You were saying how Saul, we don't even have acknowledgement of Saul repenting. Right. Uh, I, I mean, he he did in that chapter ask for forgiveness. He asked Samuel to pray for him and said, you know, don't don't let don't let God that do this right to me. That was right before he died. <laughs> I mean, that but he was just like he was. He was I know? mean, he was being beaten at that point. <laughs> it wasn't like it was. If he was still reigning on a supreme kingdom, would he have done it? But I think about Adam. Did Adam repent? Adam said, this woman you gave me. Right. And so I look at that. If I go back in Genesis, they'll say, okay, well, then what makes him different from an Abraham? And Abraham, oh, who is another person who made a lot of mistakes. But I see where in Abraham's relationship, he didn't allow it for God to lead him to do the different things he, he did. He took it as I, I didn't consult God on a lot of things and it built his relationship with spiritual growth. You see uh, Abraham start at one place in his relationship and end up at another place to where it affects kingdoms. Right. Nations. Nations. And so I, I think that, you know, and he didn't start out with being uh, concerned for his family. 
he started out with being, what do you want, God? I'm concerned for you. And it allowed him to care for people along the way. I think the person that shows me a lot of spiritual growth is Peter. Right? Oh, my boy. Uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter starts out, you know, uh, a person that is just very brash, very brave and bold, and he'll speak out of turn. But as you watch his progression, the mistakes he made early on, Jesus restores him in John chapter 20 or 21. And from that point forward, he didn't lose his boldness. Mm -hmm. But what you did see was his focus was the will of God mm -hmm. and not his own will. I think early on you saw his own will. That's why he pulls Jesus aside and says, you're not doing this. You know what? Because Peter didn't want him to do that. No. And so because Peter didn't want him to do that, he right. felt like I'm going to pull him aside and tell him, which I love, you know, the confidence that he has to say, oh, no, I'll speak up. Right. I'll mm -hmm. speak up. But then Peter says when Jesus says, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to wash your feet. Nah. I don't, you ain't yeah, washing my, my you ain't washing my feet. Yes. Well, Peter, if I don't do this, and, and but you see Peter there, this 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 immaturity, because he doesn't have control over this this boldness that God actually never took from him. Never took it from him. Then later on, he's cutting a man's ear off, and Jesus again is correcting him. Live by the sword. You, you die, die by, by the, the sword. sword. So by the time we see Peter in the book of Acts, this is a different guy. This is a guy who stayed bold for Christ, but you don't see him speaking out of turn. You don't see him, you know, uh, 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 just rushing into things. You see God guiding him yes. every step of the way and powerful things are happening. Well, and it, I think it goes back to something David did do. What is the truth in the inward part? Yeah. The truth in the inward part. A lot of times truth is difficult for us to digest because our truth our truth is shaped by what we see and what th things that people say. Um, I remember for a long time, people called me rebellious. Oh, Ty, you rebellious. You just rebellious. You just, Ty, you just rebellious. And that seeped into me to where I accepted like, yeah, I'm going to be rebellious. I'm just this rebellious person. And it fed into it. And I remember the way that the connotation came kept bothering me at some point kept bothering me in my ear and I was like what is this and I remember putting it before the Lord like God am I really rebellious is that what makes me yours you want me to be rebellious for you and he said what uh, what the world sees as rebelliousness I see as perseverance and so what I need for you to be is persevering and determined for me on my behalf but it was that time spent to allow that spiritual growth to get to that to say that and so I think so often what happens for us is because we don't present the things that we see in ourselves. We don't present who we are just as we are. We'll, you know, we'll say, they'll say in the church, come as you are, even though I, I have recently heard that, that, that it doesn't even say it that way, <laughs> that we'll say, come as you are, but yet we will not come to him as, as we, we are. are. We'll, we'll come to the church we'll as we are. We'll come to the church. You want to set me or not? But we won't come to him and say, God, I am a murderer. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. I'm rebellious. I am whatever the issue may be. 
um, God, this is me right here and be honest with him. I don't feel like you can use that. And he'll say, look at my resume. Right. Right. Look at my resume. Right. Who did I use besides my son? Right. That was perfect. Look at my resume. And you begin to, to go to him with all of that. And he comes back to you with the truth. And then you can turn around and say, you're not the truth. He's the truth. And it allows for growth to take place. Well, yeah, because I, I think the, the one of the missing links is, is that we are saved. People say it this way, that I'm saved, you know, with a purpose. But really, you're saved for a purpose. And you say, mm -hmm. okay, that's just play on words. But when you're saved with a purpose, you're saying, okay, I'm saved and now I have uh, this purpose that I'm going to accomplish. But when you're saved for a purpose, that means that the person who saved you mm -hmm. has to tell you what your purpose what is. Your purpose is. Mm -hmm. that, that, that individual has to say why I made you. Mm -hmm. You know, the person who created the cup had in their mind what they were going to use the cup for. The cup doesn't have Man. any idea why I'm created, you know, but the person who made the cup has a specific yes. idea of why they're making it. Yes. And God always, the Bible says that we are, uh, that we, that we are uh, made, that we are his workmanship made uh, for a specific purpose that was beforehand mm -hmm. made in Christ Jesus for good works. And this idea is that, when he saved you uh -huh. before he ever did it, he equipped you with some things that in his hand could change generations. Mm -hmm. In your hand, you may be able to live a good life. Right. You may be able to make you some money. You may be able to buy you a house, a car, get a degree. You may be able to do some good things. But in God's hands, he could affect generations you say well i could affect generations too if i make enough money right i could put that away i could affect but no. he's talking about generations <laughs> eternally but i mean if, if if you take that we we saw the movie yesterday where they had the house right and the they, four cars and the two parents and all of this and you say well i can affect generations but in your effort to set up what that looks like you neglect one area because you have here. to you can't cover you can't all your bases cover it all because you're not god exactly whereas <laughs> if you just be with him and be in him then he can cover it all you know a lot of times people say well how did your kids get how did they look like this or what it is what did y'all do i don't know a lot of times i know i focused on him and he promised me that they would be okay and do what they're going to do and I just remind him of his promise when it looks like it's not shaping that way. Because I to to take it in my own hands adds so much stress and burden to me. When you were talking, I was thinking, and this has been where God has been showing me lately, is the potter's wheel. You can create uh, a pot or an item on the wheel yourself. Because this is how it's supposed to look. This, this is how, how it's I supposed it to, to be. <laughs> you can create this and this and, you know, be all of that. And then you come and you say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. And he says, okay. <laughs> right. I'm going to toss this 
this pot or this clay that you had and I'm gonna just shatter it on the ground. Man, that is like so messy. <laughs> right. Because we're not even talking about what was actually in it that it was holding. All we're the just, stuff that we did. We're just talking just the thing and he just, psh, and he starts to rebuild and re how he designed it. Because he said that there, you never consulted me in the first place. Right, and you're trying to go pick up the pieces to right. that and put it back together. Like, and he's trying just, to make what, something what new. This, I got, and, and, and now you're wrestling with him like, God, but I'm the potter. And you're just telling me, because you're God, you're just giving me instructions. And he's telling you, no, 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 I'm the potter. You're the clay and you're struggling with that thought process. And like, well, what do you mean? I'm the clay. I'm the pieces that are on the ground. That was <laughs> what I thought I was the potter. And he said, are you so far off point right. that you don't even know? And I remember yesterday, one of the, wow. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but <laughs> I do think that that's what people struggle with. They are <clears throat> trying to be the potter. When they're the clay. When they're the clay. And so they're trying to be they're both. Trying they're trying to, to be oh. potter and clay. And God's saying, no, I'm, I'm the, the potter. potter. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. It's And, and I think about because this lady said to me yesterday, because I'm on this, my messy piece, that I'm so messy, Lord. And he says, it's okay because I'm at work. And he has been showing me that, that what he's shaping, the image that he's shaping. And she came to me and she said, I see God so fine chiseling you. And as she was speaking, I could see it. So fine chiseling you that it's totally defined and different than what anyone could have thought except for him. And as she said it, there was the voice of the Lord came to me and said, for this season. I said, oh, what are you talking about? And he said, for this season, because I need you to look like this for this season to do this purpose, to find this purpose and establish this. When I take you into the next season, spirit, hello, spiritual growth, mm -hmm. I'm going <clears> to <throat> redefine what I made again. I'm like, I'm not even done with where you have me right here. And you're telling me I'm getting ready to have to be worked on again for another piece. That concept a lot is, is, is maturity, spiritual maturity yeah. to be like, okay, I'm not going to resist here because I'm here anyway. I'm going to stay all in, even though this is painful right here, and do what you said to do. And then when you say, I'm going to shatter it again, to build again for my purpose, man. And not be afraid of that. I think we're so fearful of what we think God is going to take from us. And so when you're, when you're growing spiritually, you begin to trust that God, if you take me here, and tear all that down, you'll take me to the next place. But our, my idea is that, why well, don't take me here and get me comfortable here just to say, all right, that season's up, I need you to go do this now, or I need you to start focusing on this, because we haven't even gotten into gifts and callings um, and all those kind of things, no. because in order to even get to those areas, you have to have a relationship with God that allows for him to take you by the hand mm -hmm. and say, come, come with me. And you're saying, okay, but where we go, where are we going? I'll show you when I get there. Allah, Abraham, Abraham, I need you to pack up everything and go here. And a lot of times he may not be physically. There's some people who physically, but a lot of times it's spiritually 
Right. Emotionally, mentally, God is taking you somewhere Take where you don't understand where he's trying to take you. Yeah. And, and you're seeing these challenges in front of you. You're like, well, I don't want to deal with this stuff. And he's saying, no, come on. Mm. When you get here, you're going to look back. Look at Noah. Noah. Um, because in, in in the diagram of the, the, the potter's uh, wheel, you, you're not, and you know, you're being molded and shaped. It had not rained. Right. Okay. There was no so rain on the earth. There was so. no rain on the earth. Noah didn't know what the ark looked like for look like. Not at that time. Not no. at that time. And so he's building a vessel. Okay. But he's the vessel. Right. But he's building for the purpose that God says to do, not knowing what actually the purpose is going to be. Right. I've never seen what is about to be created, nor the reason why it would need to be created. All I know is that the Lord has asked me to do this. And because I trust and know the Lord, I will do this. Right. That's something totally different that we don't fathom because we we do want to keep things looking a certain way. Well, because we don't realize <laughs> that we that that God takes a vessel and takes that vessel and then builds a vessel for others. Yes. That's the part we're talking about. Care like you said, concern. like yes. when you said in the beginning about serving others, Jesus mm. came yes. to serve, not to be served. Jesus was a vessel who built another vessel mm-hmm. so that others could be saved. You know, and a lot of people, well, what was Jesus building? He said, upon this rock. Right. I will build my church. He said it. But he was the vessel uh-huh. that was going to build a vessel that nobody else had ever seen before. This whole, see, we look at Christianity and we look at the cross and we look at all that things now from our perspective of it being done. Arrears. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you were then and you looked at it, it, it would hit what Jesus was doing. You're like, what is he doing? Even, why does yeah. he have to do this? I think that's why Peter's like, whoa. I don't get this, man. I don't want you. You ain't doing this. Well, I think it's a harder concept. If I take a modern ideal, okay, and something is simple, and we constantly say this, as put your oxygen mask on first right. in the event of an emergency, in the event of something going on, take care of you first to be able to take care of other people. But, but watch this. We never think about the other side of that. Let's say that my my oxygen mask is here and you're the one there that is losing air Mm -hmm. and you see me Mm -hmm. because we hear that but we don't ever think it through you actually see me put oxygen oxygen on Mm -hmm. while you can't breathe Mm -hmm. you're gonna look at me like you selfish person I will, because yeah, I don't have no oxygen. Because you don't have, I'm dying here, and you're serving yourself. But in all actuality, by me putting this oxygen mask on mm-hmm. and getting what I need, now I can turn and assist you better. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, just give it to me. Well, and I think even in that, if there, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, well, that's a perfect scenario. <coughs> if only one drops. Right. Exactly. Or somebody else's doesn't work. Right. How do you handle that? And what you do is you still put it on 
you first because here's the thing we we we, we neglect to think about without oxygen i can't think properly right right so i have to first breathe spirit have spirit in me right to be able to uh share the spirit with others, others. and so I, I take mine, and, and and to me, you don't have to take a whole lot. Nobody right. says Just you have enough. to suck it all in. You you take what is needed, <laughs> and then you share it here. You take what's needed, and then I share back, and I take what's and we're till we get to the place of something else arising, so that we're both taken care of. But the initial act is me putting it on me first. Um, I think about another example of that is uh. I remember the movie Titanic and it used to drive you nuts. Well, me nuts. Cause I'd right. be like, <laughs> right. I'd right. be like, why is Rose? Let him do what he's going to do. Rose, get on the bus, get on the, the, boat, the boat. Yeah. And, 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 and let him handle him. Cause he can take care of him. But when you don't get on the boat, you make him think about taking care of the both of y'all. Right. And what ends up happening? Somebody is going to die. Right. When if you would have just got on the boat, Rose, then he could have been the person on the 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 wood surviving, and you both live. Right. Because he now only has to focus on taking care of you. I mean, taking care of him, and that used to blow my mind because that's so not natural for us in that way, except for when we want something. Right. When we want then something. Then we'll go after me. We'll go for me now. We'll go for me. And so, but then just to do it because it's the way to do it, it's hard for people well, to Well, because to, when, to you, when, when you realize that your spiritual growth is not for your edification, it's for the edification of others, that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Because it's like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be growing and developing so that I can succeed in life and I can be a better person and I can, you know, make more money or climb the the ladder or buy certain things for myself. When you start reading the Bible, you don't see that in the Bible. This, this whole world that we live in, this, this, this capitalistic economic system, which is really the driving force for everything that everybody does. Everybody is driven by capitalism. Hardly anybody is driven, you know, by the desire for um, community or the desire for uplifting other people. Even the people who have a cause, that cause has an underlined idea of, okay, well, I'm going to make some money doing this, you know, Um and it's scary because even if that wasn't their goal, somebody comes to them and says, you can make money doing this. Mm-hmm. And so it turns it from the pure desire to help others to this desire to, oh, well, I can get I can get so much out of this. And so spirit when we talk about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is you reflecting again, Jesus, Mm -hmm. and those who reflected Jesus in Scripture, that their goal was simply to bring people into relationship with Christ. And whatever they gained from that was secondary so that they could keep doing that, not so they could get comfortable and live their own life the way they want to. Well, I think, and I think I'll, I'll present the opposite side of that. 
because you're saying it so that they can grow so that others can grow but if i stick to what i said originally that that's a difficult concept it is difficult for, for people what i will say is that i don't start out with that concept i don't start out with so others can grow because but that's why it's growth right a lot of times um for me for others to grow god first has to deal with me that's the, so oxygen that's, mask. The, that's the oxygen mask so i get stuck in the oxygen mask but here's the thing in my spiritual growth is desiring for god to be evident more and in in that desire when i look at it that way in that desire it it is a um i don't know how to describe it but I'll, it is that i go to the next phase in him but by me going through the next phase it always is him saying something along the lines of dealing with other people so it's still the same thing but it's different an example that i always look because i look at people in the bible as examples is esther is esther to me because esther was not per se seeking self she actually was told and, and drafted into being that but she was coached how to survive and how to do this and how to be that way. But when it came time for it, she used what she had for the purpose of her people. But I think it was a struggle for her to do it because I do think initially she was put there for self-preservation so that she could have a better future. You know, her being the wife of the king gives her perks and benefits. It wasn't until that same uncle comes to her and says, hey, the king is getting ready to, to kill all the Jews, and you're a Jew. And so what if you were put here not to just be a queen, right? but to be a help to your people? But I think because a lot of times when you're looking at it that way, you say, well, she was put there for self-preservation. But to be pulled just because you're a virgin is not self-preservation. It's you're drafted in because of what you possess but other people with the same credentials have no kind of life because in that time women were they were they were kind of tossed right. aside they, they were. were mistreated and so this was an opportunity and we still see people seeking opportunities now for okay well if i get well, and here that, and that's what i'll go back to because because my thing is that it what it isn't is the opportunity okay if i'm in the oxygen mask I'm not looking for opportunity. I'm seeking for where are you? Like, and that's where different people's looks come in. Like, I'm a person that would put the oxygen mask and be like, okay, God, where are you? Why is this happening? But then you turn and you see the person next to you who doesn't have the mask, and then you realize God's there. Well, I think that's why the, the I don't know if the ox, ox, oxygen mask analogy fits the Esther scenario. Because the Esther scenario, to me, is the typical scenario that you see for people. That they're living their life and they get an opportunity to have more. And they get comfortable in that place of having more. Because I don't even think Esther was really thinking about no, helping other she people. She was just surviving herself. And I feel like that's where the true spiritual growth happens is when the problem arises and God says you're the solution 
you've got to deal with yourself. You have to realize when you're the solution. Right, and you've got to then deal with yourself in order to say, I'm willing to serve this greater purpose. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, we always say how they had such great faith and they were all of this before they got in the fire. But they didn't know that the fourth man was going to show up right. in the fire. They didn't <laughs> right, know who right, was going right. to show up in the fire. They just know that I trusted God. I trusted my Lord. And he'll take care of us is what they say. Whatever you're going to do to us. But you see how a nation was able to come to bow down to their God because, because they got yeah. put in the fire. Spiritual growth, you don't see it as spiritual growth till it's tested to where it has Absolutely. to, the purpose has to be seen Absolutely. before others. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, we, we could say, well, these are the steps for spiritual growth. This is what you, you have. But you never know it. You have grown until you get in the test. Right. And, and so when you get in the test, you don't even know you're grown. And a lot of people are avoiding the test. They're trying to find a way to not have to go through any struggles. They're trying to find a way to eliminate the trials and the tribulations. They're trying to find a way that I don't have to have any pain, that my, my family doesn't have to have any pain, that I can, re I can remove all the challenges, and then that's God blessing me is because I've removed all the challenges instead of learning that it's in the challenges mm -hmm. that you're being blessed. That that's when you're really, really growing. Peter says, think it not strange. Mm -hmm. The fiery trials right. that come to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. I believe that in spiritual growth, how you handle these trials is the greatest area of growth. Like you said, until you're tested. Until you're tested, you don't know. You don't know if you've grown or not. Right. You don't know what you know. You don't even know what you know. You don't even know who you are until the heat is turned up. Yeah. And when the heat's turned up and you start praying and manifesting words of wisdom and mm -hmm. knowledge, all of a sudden your discernment's kicking in and you're seeing, and you're like, whoa, God, you're working with me in you this see. crazy situation. But I think that's where our society and culture will come in and they'll see how you're handling the test and they'll say, you can benefit from how you handle this. Right. You can, you can, you know, well, you're taking this very well for a person to be having this and this, do this and do this and profit from it. Right. No, your profit was that growth. The profit is not the earnness off of this. Right, it's the connection. Like we said, it start, we start out with relationship with God, that you really know him. Mm -hmm. You don't really know a person till you go through something with them. And that's why a lot of people don't know each other. Because whenever it gets tough in that relationship, they separate. And so people do God that way. Whenever it gets tough in their relationship yeah. with God, they're like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm going to go after me because in order to stay in this thing with you, God, you're, there's some painful things that I don't want to go through. Right. And I think I, I would, I'd be thinking about the, the, the scripture where it says that Jesus turned to Philip. Philip. Uh -huh. And he asked him, what shall we feed them with yeah, as a we, test? What are we going to do? <laughs> but he knew the answer himself, but he wanted to see what Philip was going to say. And Philip said something, and I can't remember word, for, but I know he said that, I don't know. <laughs> All we have is this. 
And that's what and you know, Lord. <laughs> you know. That's what that's what that's what God is waiting for. That you know, we think we learning something, but the, the, on every aspect to turn around and be like, this is what I see. This is what's in front of me, but you're the truth. And at the end of the day, there's one or two reactions. There's that reaction of, I don't know, and I'm in despair. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, and I try to go fix it myself. You rarely actually see people turn to God and say, I don't know, Lord, you know, like Ezekiel did. He said, well, will these bones live again? Only you know. Only you know. But a lot of times, that answer is not the typical answer. The first answer for most people is despair, because when God says, well, will this live again? You're like, I don't know. I messed up so bad. I'm well, so terrible. I'll take or that. you're the other person who says, well, right. yeah, and this is what I'm going to do to make it happen. Because what I'll take is that, that you know, when, when Philip was, he asked Philip that, I think it says that, uh, who was it, Nathaniel was listening. And we have a culture that when Nathaniel hears what, Philip is responding, is going to step in and tell him, well, no, you can do this and you can do that and you can do that. And it'll lead you away from just allowing Jesus to do what he was going to do. Right. Which actually blessed 50,000, you know, the men, so many that you don't know because Nathaniel's saying something good to you. Right. While you're like, oh, well, I don't know. And so that's the part where you're saying and you take it in your, you own. In your own. Because sometimes the best answer is, Lord, you know. Only you know. And we don't like that answer. We actually want a concrete answer. Tell me, okay, you asked me this question, Lord, like like uh, 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 Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Oh, I see an almond branch. That's well, what you see well. What? Uh, what? What, <laughs> what? What do you, you mean? What are you talking about? You know, Jeremiah, again, what do you see? Oh, I see a, a pot. Right. With boiling, tip with wa- tipping to the north with hot water in it. He said, you see well. Because I'm getting ready to do this and this and this and this. And you're like, <laughs> so so you're thinking, but God, that, that what does that it have to do no with sense. And so at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, spiritual growth, yeah, you're spending time with God and enough time with God that you trust yeah. God's word, you trust God's presence, you trust God, God in the spirit. And even if it doesn't make sense to you. So often I'm sitting with somebody and I'll show them something from scripture and they'll say, well, that doesn't make sense in my world. And I say, exactly. So your goal is to spend more time with God until what God has to say makes sense. So often people aren't around a person enough mm-hmm to catch their slang and to catch the way they say things. But if you hang around an environment enough, you start picking up on what this means and what that means. Mm -hmm. We don't spend enough time with God in order to start picking up on what he means by this and what he means by that. Oh, but I guess in this would have to be a different segment (laughs) because you spend time with God and you pick up on it and you do that. And then he changes it up on you again. Well, yeah. And he changes it up on you again. I think the transition of growth also can be a, a hindrance or, or well, because to, we to think he's what we think he's changing it because our level, our ability to understand it is what the problem is. And so it's like when you're teaching somebody how to do something, 
And when you first teach them, you know they can't handle this advanced thing. So you teach them this basic thing, and as you grow more advanced, it feels like, okay, but in the beginning, you showed me how to do it this way. That's because right. you didn't know it's these like techniques. It's, it's like it's actually <laughs> yeah, like children. Right. You don't keep your, your uh, five-year-old child in the same clothing as his three-year-old brother you know, or when he was three. He's transitioning and growing, and so you have to adapt to what is taking place. Whereas we'll like, we'll try to keep, because well, I need to save money. I need to do this. I need to do that. And hold on to this for as long as you can. When the truth is no, accept the growth that's taking place and move forward in it. And, and God always is trying to expand your capacity. He'll show you five ways to do one thing so that no matter what situation you're in, you can still get it done. A lot of times people struggle with their prayer life because God will start you off like like with like a me early in the morning. He'll wake you up and you'll pray and you'll spend time, but then life changes, right? Yes. And then God now meets you at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. You know, and then life changes again and God meets you at, at, at nine o'clock in the morning. But mm-hmm. over time you realize, okay, God, I'll just meet you whenever you call me. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll just I'll just respond Whenever you say, because the goal come. is to just stay in that that place, which you. But we want to say we want. You. It's got to be this way all the time, forever. But that's yeah. not real life, and that goes back to what we were talking about um, in the last part of this conversation. Where we we're talking about seeking the Lord and figuring out time to seek Him, and so, right. well. Uh, I think we better stop before we go too far. This <laughs> you is, didn't even get this to the part two, two, three, four. Because we, we, you know how we do, we just start talking. And so, you know, for the people listening, this is kind of a preview of what the real talk with the Wilsons is going to be like when we talk about marriage and things like that. But, um, and and we're not done when we turn this off. We're going parenting. We're going to keep. We're going to. We're going to keep talking. Budget. We're going to keep talking after we turn oh. this off. We got to go get some Uber done and <laughs> pay some bills. And so, for people that you know want to help uh, this ministry, please reach out. Continue to contribute because um, we do full time ministry. Um, we don't have conventional nine to five jobs because of the demand of ministry. You know, we're constantly sitting and counseling and. You know, and, you know, everybody's not piling money into our hands to be able to keep doing it. So we got to still do things, you know, like Uber and part time jobs and, you know, sell things and do all kinds of stuff. No, for real. Experience life. You know, experience life to get things done. And so please, those of you that are praying about contributing, please contribute. Um, We definitely could use your help as a monthly contributor. Or if you got, you know, you got a little money lying around and you got a one-time gift you want to give, um, we definitely will be appreciative of that. Um, you also can, um, for some people, they feel better giving uh, to the church. And so you can go to Shore Foundation on Givelify.com and just look up Shore Foundation and you can give their love offering or what have you. But hopefully you got something out of this conversation. And like I said, you know, th- this is a tough one because we could keep talking Uh, for hours and hours and hours um, about these subjects. And so um, until next time, um, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself.